A Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, episode 212. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, where psychology and business sit down to chat. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, licensed psychologist, speaker, executive coach, and consultant to entrepreneurs, leadership, and their companies. I believe psychology is the key to adapting and thriving both personally and in business. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for people searching for deeper conversation, deeper insight, and deeper research on psychology and business, where weekly conversations and content spark rare and profound insight, inspiring new awareness, new analysis, and new action. It is my mission to unlock the role of psychology inside every human touchpoint in business, all aimed at simplifying and harnessing psychology principles, skills, and strategies you can learn and apply so you and your business continue to grow and thrive. Grab a proverbial seat and tune in for insightful interviews, scientific research, psychology-based frameworks and reflections, and answers to thought-provoking questions so you can learn and leverage psychology for yourself and your business. Welcome to Q&A Tuesday with Dr. Yishai. This week and last week on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, I had Jared Sai, founder and executive director of Center for Counsel, a nonprofit organization that trains groups and individuals to promote wellness and resiliency, to foster compassion, and to build community. Our story Tuesday conversation was so expansive and so deep that we had a three-part series so we could share the full depth and breadth of lessons from Jared. In part one, episode 209, Jared talked about how to reduce and prevent overwhelm and burnout, even in some of the most difficult, tragic, or trauma-filled spaces. We also talked about how to turn an unhelpful power dynamic into an empower dynamic, and how to be authentic, professional, and still share with boundaries. In part two, episode 210, We talked about how to create an environment, a culture, and a dynamic that fosters win-win-win problem-solving in ways that maximally meet the needs and goals of both leadership and workers. We also talked about how leaders can cultivate a style of leadership that generates the greatest return and productivity from employees. In part three, episode 211, Jared shared lessons in working with law enforcement organizations on how listening and providing critical resources can change the experience, judgment, and outcomes in high-stress situations. At the end of our conversation, Jared asked me, how do we create a compelling case for prioritizing compassion in business? In other words, how can we connect and communicate the value of compassion, of empathy, of vulnerability to leaders and decision makers so that they understand the impact on every level from the individuals, organization, the client, the audience, and the culture. So today, that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about. You'll hear stories, 
research and perspectives on the value and impact plus communicating it in ways that are more likely to be received, heard, and responded to. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a seven-plus-figure business and want to reach the next level for yourself and your business, if you have passions, goals, and dreams, and want to continue to strive as a team, a leader, and a visionary without risking burnout, if you have overcome challenges, developed wisdom, and know that adapting is not just for surviving, but a core part of thriving, then adaptability coaching is for you. With psychology and neuroscience-backed tools, the 3D adaptation framework can show you how to tap into and harness the way our brains are uniquely designed for adaptation. You can learn to harness and leverage adaptability tools and frameworks to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to hone yourself further, to proactively adapt, to thrive, instead of reactively adapting, just to survive. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching. And now without further ado, let's dive into the case for empathy and compassion in business. I just got back from a late afternoon, early evening walk with my wife. And along the way, we stopped into our favorite local cozy cafe. It was a spur-of-the-moment decision when my wife asked if I have some time to take a walk, and I was really excited to have and to take some time to chat and connect. Even though my week has been really busy and I still have a bit of a lingering cough, I really enjoyed taking the opportunity to have that quality time together. Needless to say, though, I wasn't all that interested in coffee that late in the day and in context of my cough. So when we got there, the barista asked what we wanted, and my wife, she ordered one of her favorite drinks, and then when it was my turn, I said, you know, I don't really want anything, thank you so much. And the barista did something really interesting. She said, oh, that's unusual, and she had a slightly surprised look, and she said, what's going on? I said, well, I've got a lingering cough, and I don't really want coffee right now. And then my wife chimed in, don't worry, it's not COVID, he's been tested a bunch, because at this point in the pandemic, of course, I would be quarantining if I had a positive COVID test, and it's important to check. So the barista, she empathized and said, you know, that really is so unfortunate, it's really tough. We do have some teas if you're interested in them. And again, I turned her down and said, you know, I've been drinking tea with honey all week, all day, and it's not really helping that much right now. And so she turned around and she said, well, we have this one tea that actually really helps when people don't feel very good. It's actually a hangover cure and it really helps to clear out your sinuses too. It's called the medicine ball tea. It's got a bunch of medicinal herbs, lemon, mint, honey, and it's really helpful when people really don't feel their best. Do you want to try it? So I decided to give it a try. And I'm so grateful for the conversation we had and for having the opportunity to try the medicine ball tea. Now, obviously it's not a cure-all, but it tastes great. And I'm finding that for me, it was really soothing. There is a reason that my wife and I really like the cozy cafe near us. And this is definitely a big part of it. 
It's also a perfect illustration for how to make a compelling case. So I'm going to share four principles that are really important to making a compelling case that were clearly present in this experience in my story. And then we'll get to the second part of why compassion and empathy really matter in business. Principle number one, lead with listening and alignment. You can even lead with questions. You can ask about goals, vision, or challenges and obstacles. Using listening skills allows you to learn and affirm what's important to others while embodying what you will be asking of them and their people down the road. It also will help you understand very early on if the person you're speaking with is a fit and is likely to be receptive to what you want to communicate or not. And in this case, my experience with the barista is that she was genuinely curious and wanted to understand what's going on with me. By asking, she created an opportunity for me to open up and to share. And it also created an opportunity for her to connect what I was dealing with and some of the cafe's offerings. Principle number two, speak in terms that matter to the person in front of you. We often talk in language that's familiar and known to ourselves, but when you want to show someone why something is important or worth addressing, using their language is really key. Chip and Dan Heath, the authors of Made to Stick, often use the term or they coin the term the curse of knowledge to explain why experts trip on their own jargon when they're talking to people who aren't experts. Being an expert often means having a depth of understanding that's really nuanced, but trying to convey all of that nuance often requires using words and phrases that have special meaning to the expert and in that field but can be difficult to relate to or understand for someone who isn't already an expert. In a way, it also helps that principle number two follows the listening and the empathy in principle number one. Understanding the other person's concerns also allows you to receive, to listen and attune and get language that is important or meaningful to them that you can draw on and use. Notice that what mattered to me is my stubborn cough. And the barista used language that mattered to me, clearing out my sinuses and soothing my cough. Principle number three, simplicity trumps thoroughness. Speaking of jargon and the curse of knowledge, trying to explain too much up front really quickly gets confusing and can be hard to follow. While so much of what we do requires detailed understanding and in-depth implementation, Trying to explain it all up front forces and pushes the listener to exert a lot of effort just trying to understand and hold it all in their brain at the very beginning. Of course, it's all really important, and you can get to a lot of that nitty-gritty later, if or when they are on board. When I was at the cafe, instead of listing each and every herb in the medicine ball and their benefits, The barista used a few well-known examples and cut to the chase. Her simplicity also made my decision easier. Principle number four, don't try to convince, offer information and options. I thought a lot about the language of making a compelling case in the question that Jared presented to me. There's a lot of nuance to marketing, selling, and influencing. And sometimes that's done in a way that's ethical and sometimes not so ethical. 
And I rarely advocate for trying to influence, compel, or convince people, especially in an underhanded or unknown way that tries to make them make a decision without being aware. In fact, one of the main tenets in ethics for psychological professionals includes respecting and enhancing autonomy, people's ability to make their own choices. Intelligent people often find it condescending or patronizing, in other words, disrespectful of their intelligence, when they notice someone trying to change their thoughts or their decisions. Offering information, even basic information, along with a menu of options to choose from, is often more readily received. Yeah, some people will choose another direction. Often when they do, they're not the best fit, or maybe it's not the right time, or it could be for any number of reasons. At no point when I was at the cafe did the barista try to convince or compel me to order a specific tea or to decide that I am ordering tea. Instead, she shared some info about their menu and offered me an opportunity to try something that might be helpful. To briefly recap, the four principles are one, listen and align. Two, speak in terms that matter to the listener. Three, keep it simple. And four, offer information and options. Now let's focus on empathy, compassion, and why they matter. The only reason that empathy and compassion matter in business is because the consequences they produce. In other words, you can think about it as two questions that require clear answers to make a case for empathy and compassion in the workplace. What happens in the absence of empathy and compassion when it's very low What happens when empathy and compassion are in abundance, when they're very present and very high? In other words, what are the costs of low empathy and compassion, and what are the benefits of high empathy and compassion? Instead of rehashing all of that, I'm just going to mention that in our conversation, Jared and I outlined a number of important effects of empathy and compassion in the workplace, and I want to highlight three of them and just share a couple of bits of research on how they impact business and why they matter. The three I'm going to touch on are employee engagement, communication, and company culture. And again, if you're curious about their link to empathy and compassion, I'd really recommend going back and listening to my conversations with Jared. Employee engagement is about the psychological investment and willingness to go above and beyond as workers. When comparing companies with highly engaged versus disengaged employees, research has shown that the highly engaged ones had 17% higher productivity and experienced 21% greater profitability than the disengaged ones. And that research actually comes from Gallup. According to another study, disengaged workers tend to be less motivated, less productive, tend to make more errors, miss more deadlines, offer lower customer service and care, and generate lower profits, all to the tune of costing about 34% of their salary in lost productivity alone. That is $3,400 out of every that they are paid, all in lost productivity. 
if you want to go a little bit deeper, there's an episode I did way back at the very beginning, episode number three, engagement in your business, where I talk even more deeply about engagement and how it shows up at every level from the client, the customer, to your employees, to yourself as a leader and as an entrepreneur, as an owner. The next one is communication. Communication has to do with how information is shared and conveyed. And that includes peer-to-peer, up the management chain, and down the management chain. According to joint research by Grammarly and the Harris Poll, poor communication is a massive and pervasive problem that contributes to lost revenue, lost time, and lower productivity. In fact, in their research and in their work, they calculated a cost based on the size of a company for how much poor communication costs companies. For a 50-employee company, the cost to that company per year that they calculated was $625,000. For a 500-employee company, it was $6.25 million. And for a 10,000-employee company, it was a staggering $125 million. That's a massive amount of costs in lost revenue, lost time, and lower productivity as a result of poor communication. If you want to dig in a little bit deeper, I cover in even more depth in episode number 36, the costs of missing or dismissing communication in business, which is the title of that episode. The third and final aspect of business that I wanted to talk about that's affected by empathy and compassion is company culture. Company culture really boils down to the experience, perception, and expectations that people have in their day-to-day work with each other at that place and in being around and communicating with each other in their day-to-day at work. According to research by John Cotter and James Haskett, who compared a dozen companies with performance-enhancing cultures versus a dozen without, the differences on four key metrics uncovered a staggering effect. And they did this over the course of 11 years. So this was a long-term study with multiple follow-ups. What they found is that those companies with performance-enhancing cultures experienced increases of four times the revenue growth nearly eight times the employment growth, over 12 times the stock price growth, and a whopping 756 times the net income growth over those companies that did not have performance-enhancing cultures. And if you want to deep dive a little bit more into cultivating or creating high-performance culture at work, I recommend you go back and listen to episode 114, how to curate and cultivate high performance. In any case, put together the effects of employee engagement, communication, and company culture really highlight the case for empathy and compassion in terms of how they impact the bottom line. Companies with low empathy and compassion often struggle with one or more of those three, with engagement, 
communication, with culture, and the costs can be massive. Companies with higher empathy and compassion often experience higher engagement, more effective communication, and stronger culture. And frequently, at the very least, they're consistently improving those, which is all worth keeping in mind as you think about your company and how to avoid the costs while reaping the rewards of empathy and compassion. As someone who keeps going back to my local cozy cafe, I can tell you how real the experience is as a customer too. And on that note, I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 